It's Friday and the mood of the country is always better on a Friday as attention turns to maybe some recuperation or additional time spent with the family this weekend or maybe even thoughts of having a holiday as we're now heading into lovely sunny July. Well, we're in July already. So I thought I'd drop a little story into your lap to uplift you and inspire you to go with the mood in this episode 90 of the Speed Mentor podcast with me, your host, Gavin Wall. So you can think about something this weekend if you're maybe currently struggling to find your way or make a breakthrough or you just can't see the wood for the trees of what your future might hold. Now if you're a regular listener you'll have heard me talk about Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill quite a few times and it was written in 1937 after a 25 year research project by Hill on many of the world's most successful individuals. Now this book Think and Grow Rich is one of the universally recognised personal development masterpieces. You must read it and then reread it again and again as there's so much good stuff in there for you. Now, in his book Think and Grow Rich, Napoleon Hill tells the story of a man named Edwin C. Barnes. And that's what this episode is all about. It's all about the man, the myth, the legend Edwin C. Barnes, who was a total pauper with little or no education at all and very few friends, none of whom were in high places. But Barnes, bizarrely in a way, I don't know why this came about, but made up his mind that he was going to go into business with Thomas Edison. And that was whether Edison liked it or not. And yes, it is the Thomas Edison who invented the light bulb and hundreds of other things. I don't know why he thought that Edison was going to be his business. But I mean, now, remember... Edison was the world's greatest ever inventor. This would be like somebody saying today, I'm going to go into business with Elon Musk or someone like that. Most people would just probably laugh. I mean, Barnes didn't even know Edison. And from memory, from my memory anyway of the book, he didn't even have the train fare for the freight train to travel across the country to meet Edison. Or should I say, to try to get an audience with the famous inventor as Barnes wasn't known to him, as I've told you. It was a true Dick Whittington story, as we would say over here. Now, Napoleon Hill documents that first meeting between Edison and uh, Barnes. And uh, Hill says, Mr. Edison said, he stood there before me looking like an ordinary Trump, but there was something in his expression of his face which conveyed the impression that he was determined to get what he had come after. I had learned from years of experience with men, that when a man really desires a thing so deeply that he is willing to stake his entire future on a single turn of the wheel in order to get it, he is sure to win. Now, Barnes had no money to begin with. He had no, he had little education. He had no influence, but he did have initiative, faith and the will to win. With these intangible forces, he made himself the number one man with the greatest inventor who ever lived. And that's what Napoleon Hill said about it. Now, when Barnes made his pitch, that pitch in front of Edison, nearby members of Edison's staff were amused by the boldness of the poor-looking man, and they laughed at him hysterically. But Edison didn't laugh, and that was the important thing. For what he saw was a determined young man who was prepared to do whatever it would take to help bring new growth to his company. And do the walruses who haven't read Think and Grow Rich want to know how long 
um, Barnes was prepared to give to achieve this goal. He was prepared to give every single ounce he had for the rest of his life. But ultimately, it took him five years of slogging his guts out, of sweeping the floors, of being a dog's body and working his way up through total hustle, a level of hustle porn that Gary V haters would be jumping all over and a granite unshakable desire to get the opportunity and achieve his partnership with Thomas Edison. Five years it took. Now, Napoleon Hill continued in the book as such. Um, Barnes did not say, this is Napoleon Hill saying this, Barnes did not say, I will work here for a few months and if I get no encouragement, I will quit and go and get a job somewhere else. He did say, I will start anywhere. I will do anything Edison tells me to do. But before I am through, I will be his associate. Now, he didn't say, I will keep my eyes open for another opportunity in case I fail to get what I want in the Edison organisation. What he did say was, there is but one thing in this world that I am determined to have, and that is a business association with Thomas A. Edison. I will burn bridges behind me and stake my entire future on my ability to get what I want. And Napoleon Hill uh, continued, he left himself no possible way to retreat. He had to win or perish. There is all, that is all there is to the Barnes story of success. So, I say to you, how many of you have one foot in commitment and the other foot on the safety of land? How many of us are prepared to take the risks that Barnes took? The risk that he be rejected? The risk that all his hustle would not bear fruit. The risk that he'd have to scuttle back home on that freight train that he had no money for. Um, This is why this is such a great success story and such a lesson to all of us. Now, are you prepared to go all in on starting with something this coming Monday morning? Your story could be the next Edwin Barnes story if you do. Why don't you do what Barnes did and pour every drop of determination you have into whatever it is that you desire. You'd never have heard of Edwin Barnes if it wasn't for his unbelievable hunger and focus on the plan that he'd drawn up. You see, he'd a made-up mind about what it was that he wanted to achieve and nothing but nothing was going to deflect him from it. You just can't achieve anything of significance if you don't have such a plan and a made-up mind just like Barnes did. And just to let you know, There was no foregone conclusion to the Barnes story. He slogged his guts out, toiling away. It reminds me of of a quote I used recently on social media, which was, Massive action puts you where good luck will find you. Massive action puts you where good luck will find you. I know I always say there's no such thing as good luck, but if you put in the massive action, if it's out there, it'll find you. Now, Barnes' big break came after working for Edison for two years when Barnes saw a golden opportunity, seizing it with all the force of a man who had nothing to lose, which of course he didn't. Edison actually had invented more than 2,000 inventions and he came up with this one called the Edison Dictating Machine. Now it was a recorder designed to capture the human voice. Now more than a century later, this all seems very obvious to us, but back then it certainly didn't. And there was also another competitor in the market that wasn't doing that well either at the time, I think. Now, the machine, which ultimately became the Edifone, recorded voice letters on a wax cylinder. Now, Edison was very excited about it. However, no one else saw the opportunity. Edison's sales force doubted it and none of them wanted to or was able to sell it. 
So this was an important invention, a voice recorder which could have ended up on the scrap heap, except for one man. Enter stage left, Edwin C. Barnes. Now he'd aggressively been saving all of his his earnings as an employee of Edison's West Orange Laboratory Complex to buy himself new quality clothes, waiting for an opportunity, thinking about nothing else other than a break he believed that would come his way. And then it landed. Barnes quickly realised he had an opportunity of a lifetime. Remember that he dedicated his life to finding this opportunity. He immediately worked out a marketing plan to sell this dictating machine of Edison's. He took this plan. Now, we've an earlier episode about business plans, if you want to refer back to that um, to help you. But he took this business plan direct to Edison and pitched it to him. Now, the inventor was so impressed with Barnes's proposal, he agreed to give him exclusive rights to sell it around Chicago and the surrounding areas. Now, um, Barnes had, with this money he'd been saving, he'd built up a really impressive range of suits, and the po- not suits like three-piece suits, and Napoleon Hill wrote in the, his book, The Law of Success, and this is a quotation, in those days he had the largest and most expensive collection of clothes I had ever seen or heard of being owned by one man. His wardrobe consisted of 31 suits, one for each day of the month. He never wore the same suit two days in succession. Now, in proper in preparation for that book, Napoleon Hill asked Barnes why he spent so much money on his wardrobe, to which Barnes replied, I do not wear 31 suits of clothes entirely for the impression they make on other people. I do it mostly for the impression they have on me. So he knew that he had to develop himself. He knew that he had to think about his own mindset. He knew that he had to project that he was a winner in life. Now, before too long, Barnes had sold thousands of the dictation devices to all the people he was going out to see. And Barnes turned out not just to be a brilliant salesman, but he also turned out to be a brilliant manager of people too. Sales grew so rapidly that he had to establish his own business, Edwin C. Barnes and Brothers, to keep up with the demand for the for the product. Now, he ended up what he described as one of the most efficient and energetic staffs in the field of office appliances. Now, despite sales growing and growing in Chicago, Barnes, who, remember, had been waiting for a long time for this opportunity, sought an even bigger additional opportunity with territories in New York and St. Louis, where he gained exclusive rights in 1917. Um, uh, with Edison. Now, from there, Barnes went on to become hugely successful with a business, the breadth of the United States, becoming a multi-millionaire at a relatively early age. And Barnes was a perfectionist, mastering market-leading production and quality as he sought out 100% customer satisfaction every single time. Now, Barnes's achievements were so huge and he was so driven that ultimately he inspired many others Um, outside of himself and in particular actually he inspired the author himself of Think and Grow Rich Napoleon Hill now remember Hill was journaling away for almost three decades in his work understanding what made the most successful people tick and Hill actually you know I mean how many times do you think Napoleon Hill felt like giving up think about it this took almost 30 years of work three decades who would put that in so there were often times Napoleon Hill um, thought of giving up But Napoleon Hill said of Barnes, Mr. Barnes became interested in my chosen work at its beginnings and had it not been for his unwavering faith in the soundness of the philosophy behind the law of success, 
I would have yielded to the persuasion of others and sought the least way, the way of least resistance. So Barnes was actually pivotal behind Napoleon Hill's work too. Now I got to tell you, the story of Barnes, um, which you can read and fool and think and grow rich, is a powerful one. We all have this ability inside us. The big question is whether we wish to go all in for our desires, whether we are prepared to do whatever it takes, whether we believe enough in ourselves and whether we value our ambition over the opinion of others. Now, if we do, then we will rise just like Edwin C. Barnes did. And I hope this story, from rags to riches, from obscurity to stardom, is one that will give you something to cogitate about this weekend as you try and work out how to get from where you are now to where you desire to be. It's all in Barnes' story. It's the blueprint of how to do it. And you too can achieve it. Now, I hope you spend your day with a little flutter in your tummy and a thought in your head that maybe, just maybe, you could do what Barnes did too. And if you want to thank me for bringing this story to you, please subscribe or even better, review the Speed Mentor podcast just like Courtney has done with her review titled Five Stars. She just titled her review Five Star. And I'm pretty sure this is Courtney Jane Allen who hit me up only recently on Instagram and it's good to see my work on the gram bearing some fruit. Now, Courtney says... I've been listening to Gavin for a couple of weeks now to break up my commute to and from work. This podcast is by far light, refreshing and helps you be the best possible version you can of yourself you can be. They're not for the faint-hearted by any means. You're a great entertainer. Thanks very much for that, Courtney. The check is in the post. Keep up the fantastic work and hopefully in the near future you'll be able to complete a workshop in Tyrone. Uh, good luck, Courtney. Now, I do actually, I'll just let you in the secret here, I do love Tyrone by the way folks. I spent a lot of time there when I was a slizder and then a barrister also, so both professionally and socially with my old mate Mick Fahey and I hope he and his family and Pat Fahey and company slizzers are all still going strong down there Noma. Some great memories you've brought back to me there Courtney. Now I'll definitely get down there in the future um, in my Speed Mentor podcast, uh, our Speed Mentor capacity. And I was just thinking actually when we're doing that wee episode about Barnes and if you think back to the episode from JV to Mentee um, with James McGee, who was my mentor and ultimately became my business partner there in um, uh, virtual reality um, arcade VR City X. And his, he actually, I believe, I was like caught in his dragnet. He actually took the Barnes route to become my business partner. And if you think about that episode, you'll see the similarities. And we shout out to James McGee. I hope you're doing well there now. So, walruses, it's over to you. Do you want to be the next Edwin C. Barnes or do you want to be one of those losers who mocked him when he first pitched himself to Thomas Edison? There's safety in numbers for those who mock. Um, The number of inhabitants of Dickhead Island far outweigh those of Tiny Walrus Island. But hopefully, the inspiring story of Barnes, who we posthumously granted citizenship of Walrus Island to, will persuade you which island fulfilment lies on. It's your choice. (laughs) 